when politicians behave badly, and specifically Democrat Party politicians behave badly, it, it never surprises me, but it always saddens me. Now, the conversation was so racist, it was like being at a Trump rally. Problem is, it wasn't at a Trump rally. I'm Scott Ott with Bill Whittle and Zoe Rachel, and this episode of Right Angle is brought to you by the members at BillWhittle.com. We thank Zoe Rachel for sitting in this week. Uh, Bill's working hard on a new project that I know you're going to be excited about, and I'm not contractually allowed to tell you anymore. Uh, gentlemen, there was an interesting situation that developed, and if you're in a certain area of the country, you're well aware of this right now. Uh, but there was a conversation among three politicians and the leader of, let's just call it an association. And uh, in that conversation, uh, three of the political leaders referred to a fourth political leader's son as a little monkey who needed a beatdown and um, who was treated as an accessory by his father. Now, it turns out that that other politician happens to be a, a black man. And so um, that is all captured on tape and was put on Reddit, where everybody can hear it now. In addition, there was more to this conversation where they were talking about political manipulation of districts uh, so that they could basically front load the votes in an area so they would be more supportive of them rather than somebody they didn't want to get elected. And now I'm going to stop being coy, Steve Green, because what we're talking about is three Latino members of the Los Angeles City Council who were talking about how to tilt the table in favor of Latinos to the detriment of black voters or black citizens or black politicians. And that terminology was being used by the president of the Los Angeles County Council, whose name is Nuri Martinez. She was in a conversation with fellow council member Gil Cedillo and another fellow council member, Kevin DeLeon. And that association guy was Ron Herrera, who is the Los Angeles County Federation of Labor president. Stephen Green, um, I was involved in politics at the local level for a little while and hung out with people at all levels from the township level all the way up to the U.S. Senate. And I never heard a conversation like that. In addition, I attended a Me bunch either. of Tea Party rallies and I never heard a conversation like that among anybody. Steve, how is it possible that behind the scenes, these people who are members of racial minority groups are being racist. You know, uh, there's so there, there's so much here. First, I want to address the, the Trump rally jokes. Of course, that was a joke. Um, our former boss, and I talked about this on the backstage segment available to BillLittle.com members, that uh, our old boss, Roger Simon, uh, a, a Jewish guy in his 70s, started going to Trump rallies back in 2015, I think originally to cover them. And being the boss, unlike us, he had a travel budget and you know, he could do yeah. these things. And he was almost like a deadhead following Trump from, from rally to rally, city <laughs> to city. And Roger is the first person uh, I know personally, whose judgment I really respect, who said Trump could actually win this thing. And I think he probably mm. should win this thing. And Roger, if as as a guy who came up as a Jewish guy in the 60s through the civil rights movement, he's an old school Democrat originally before he became conservative. Um, if he had heard anything like that at a Trump rally, his conclusion would not have been, hey, I want this guy to be president. But 
guess guess what Roger did. Another PJ Media colleague of mine, a fr- good friend of mine, Stephen Cruiser. We've been doing this three-hour live chat for uh, VIP members over there for uh, over two years now. Uh, he lived in Los Angeles. He's a stand-up comedian. He lived in L.A. for, I think it was 20 or 25 years and really involved in politics that whole time. He's been an activist and a comedian, I think, his entire adult life. Uh, he's a big fan of the Bosch books, and I, I haven't read the Bosch books, but I got hooked on the uh, on the Netflix. I think it's Netflix, might be Amazon Prime. Uh, uh, when it came out, well, no, I was late to the show. I started watching it during the uh, lockdowns, and I just got addicted to the show. And the thing I learned, or thought maybe I had learned from watching Bosch, is that uh, Los Angeles politics is, uh, well, there are factions, just like there are factions in any political party. But probably because Los Angeles is effectively a one-party state, the factions are, as uh, as the black mayor put it, uh, black, brown, and white. Those are the factions in Los Angeles politics. And I, I asked Cruiser, come on, it can't really be that tribal in LA, can it? He's like, oh yeah, Bosch got that totally right. And there you have it. I don't know if it's because Los Angeles is a one-party state, well, city, or because that one party is Democrats, which is the historic uh, uh, party of racial identity politics, or both. But that's the way it is, Scott. And it's ugly behind the scenes. And all we got this last few days was a tiny peek behind a really ugly curtain. So, Rachel, it's interesting. The way I found out about this story was I was actually looking at Google Trends to find out um, what people were searching around the terms Democrat and Republican. And the first result when I said, hey, in the last seven days, what have people been searching? Uh, the qu- there was a question that said, is Nuri Martinez a Republican or a Democrat? And of course, I had never heard of Nuri Martinez. And as it turns out, she's the president of the LA City Council or was the president of the LA City Council. As of this recording, which we're doing on Tuesday the 11th, um, she stepped down as the president. She has not stepped down uh, from the board or from the council. Um, But it's interesting, Zoe, the instinct of people when they find out that somebody has made racist comments is to immediately find out what their party affiliation is as if there would be, you know, some sort of see, I told you so moment. Um, I doubt it was something where people were just genuinely curious. Um, what do you make of this uh, this kind of behind-the-scenes conversation, Zoe? And I know you have ha- hung out with various groups of of conservatives and Republicans. Have you been exposed to this kind of conversation? Uh, n- no, not to the degree that that uh, people indeed try to make it out to be. It's it's not like it doesn't happen. Like it's not like it doesn't absolutely happen. Where it's um, are people, but I've never had it where people are are outright insulting. Like say, for instance, you know, you it's it's almost like one of those things when you were coming up as a kid. And uh, and and your friend asks you, "Hey, man, I I know I know this racial joke. Do you want to hear it? Oh, yeah. You know, I used to get like a whole lot of that when I was a kid, right? And I'm like, Do I don't know. For some reason, well, one, if you feel like you need to ask me if I'm in the mood to hear a racial joke, you probably shouldn't want to tell it to me anyway. But yeah, I got a pretty good sense of humor, so go ahead and lay it on me. Um, that kind of stuff doesn't really follow much, like in terms of like, you know, the Republican, you know, voter base, because, you know, at some point, you know, as a Republican, you kind of grow up. 
but, you know, I ain't going to lie and say that there's some Republicans that have it, you know, and, 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 sure. and kind of pull the same stuff. But it's never like really it's never mean spirited. You know what I'm saying? It's it's not that kind of thing. Um, I've, I've often got the whole, you know, especially coming from Democrat voters. Man, you don't know what these these, uh, you know, these Republicans, these white Republicans like say behind your back and all the racist stuff that they say. And I'm like, where is your evidence of that? That is an accusation. I, give me give me some video. Give me some audio. Give me something. Give me something. But I tell you what, in the time that we've spoken, you've probably called me the N word like five times. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, oh, in word, this is you, you, you think it's a black Republican. I said, like, man, the one being racist towards me is you. Right. There was a video of um, I think uh, this was done by Christian Hartsock, like the, like a few years ago. He went out to a, a, where a, a bunch of Democrats were gathered and he was asking them, what do you think of Clarence Thomas? Oh, man. And they gave the whole you. It, now that sounded like a Klan rally talking about what they wanted to do to, to uh, Clarence Thomas. <laughs> And um, and, you know, it's you know, it's funny that, you know, when people try to, you know, as- associate this with like some sort of Trump rally or anything like that. You know, Scott was mentioning how, you know, Roger Simon, you know, our, our former boss. Right. Would, would go, you know, to these rallies. And he's you know, he's Jewish and whatnot. But these he, but it, how is it OK that this this Jew could be around all these anti-Semites. Right. And, and if these and if the, or the tea parties, even and the, uh, considered the tea parties. How can you go to those? Those things are so racist. It's like, well, it was the Democrats that actually had the signs that said no colors allowed. All right. It, it's, it's not the Tea Party that's doing that. If they're so mean and so evil, how am I able to get in and out of there? And of course, the answer to that is, well, you know, because, you know, they just they, they accept you as one of their white people. It's like, no, if you're really bigots, you don't accept somebody as one of your white people. You either don't like these people or you don't. And, and you know, also, uh, what was I going to say? This, uh, um, Going to these these events, man, you know, where, you know, they they, they try to associate them with, um, you know, the KKK. They're just, you know, you go to them, they look like a Klan rally, you know, and they're just there hating on black people. And it's a bunch of old, you know, rich, you know, white people. That's what a Klan rally is like. Actually, no, man, a Klan rally is not uh, old, rich white men. The Klan rally is young, wild eyed more lower income bracket people who gather for some sort of sense of belonging. It's a gang. Okay. That's what the clan is. The clan isn't like these rich, at least you might, you might up, up or at the top. Yeah. But in terms of their rallies, no, that's, that's young nuts. Like people who go to Antifa and stuff like that. That's what the clan is, you know? So all that to say, you know, Scott, you know, um, this woman, this woman is basically, she's caught doing what Democrats do. You know, you would you would think that these kind of slip ups, they happen if with the Republicans. No, you you actually have to practice not saying things. It's not, it's not just a point of practice, practice saying things. Right. People rehearse what they're going to say. But a lot of times, if you're going to avoid say something, you actually have to live by that. You have to practice that. That's why you, you typically don't hear these kind of slip ups with the Republican Party. It's not a normal thing with them. Because we don't sit there practicing, well, I got to practice not saying, you know, bad things about black people and black things and bad things about Mexicans and stuff like that. You don't have to mind that kind of speech. It doesn't stuff kind of doesn't slip out because it's not a, a it's not a typical thing for them in the first place. You know, but this with the Democrat Party. Yeah, that's that's normal for them. Well, 
When I dug into the details of this, uh, and by the way, that remark I made at the beginning about how it sounded like it was at a Trump rally, um, that was actually a a line that I took from a Mm -hmm. column written by a Los Angeles reporter, or columnist rather, um, who's an African-American, who implied that uh, he he was disappointed with the Democrats because they started sounding like, you know, the Trump supporters. Um, so, So that was actually coming from essentially one of their own, you know, he's part of that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was the slur that he he dropped there. Kind of um, like the New York Times with like the whole magic Negro <laughs> thing. And, and you know, and these definitely narratives saying, oh, look, their minstrel show. That's that's them. They're the ones who use these lines. Yeah. And and, and overall, like like so many things, um, it it surprises you and it doesn't surprise you. In the one sense, uh, I'm not one of those people who thinks that everything any Democrat ever does is wrong, evil, bad, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, However, uh, when politicians behave badly and specifically Democrat Party politicians behave badly, it it never surprises me, but it always saddens me. I mean, think of how petty your life must be to have gotten into a position where you're the president of a city council of a major metropolitan area. And you're so small that you feel like you have to fling racial insults at a colleague's kid. Uh, You're so small that you feel like you need to figure out a way to manipulate the boundaries of voting districts so that your so-called ethnic or racial entity can be triumphant. And, you know, so your so-called people can control the city. Meanwhile, you are with a party that allegedly is for one man, one vote democracy, that we all believe that equality and justice for all and all that kind of stuff. But that's the public pronouncement. Behind the scenes, we hear people talking just like little petty tyrants who are filled with racial animus. And it's just really, it's depressing to hear that. Um, all of these people. Now, the situation as we record this, of course, is that she, that uh, Nuri Martinez has stepped down as the council president. She should resign. Um, Gil Cedillo, uh, council member, he should resign. Kevin DeLeon, uh, DeLeon, he should resign as well. And then Ron Herrera, the LA County Federation of Labor president, should be fired. Um, all of them should be removed from their positions to send a signal that this is this is not what this is about. I mean, who wants a city that is known for that, where you know one racial group is battling with another racial group to try to control the city? That's like something out of some really bad old movie um, that, in, in most cases, wasn't true then, but is being made true now by these people. Politicians or people who crave political office should be always viewed as suspect, but. When this kind of thing comes out from behind the veil and you hear what they're really talking about in private, it means that you need to show up at every city council meeting. <laughs> it means that you really need to vote in city council elections because you know most of these people got elected with very tiny minorities of the electorate because they generally run in off-year elections where the president is not up. And so nobody shows up at the polls. And so you can get to be on the council of a relatively good-sized city with a very few votes. So uh, I hope the folks in Los Angeles are are hearing all of this, not from us, but hearing what their own representatives are saying. And we'll stand up and we'll oppose this and we'll 
make it clear what kind of place uh, they really want to live in and will reach out and embrace their neighbors of all ethnicities and uh, and start to talk about good governance rather than whose skin color is what and which racial slurs are appropriate in public but not in or in private but not in public. For uh, Zoe, Rachel, and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Ott. Thanks to the members at BillWhittle.com for making Right Angle possible. 